This is Tatooine Sons, a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to listen to the galaxy's greatest Star Wars podcasts, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Sabers Podcast, Generation X-Wing, Rogue Squadron's Podcast, Skyhopper's Podcast, The Nerd Room, San Diego Sabers Radio Podcast, Less Than 12 Parsecs Podcast, and Retro Inc. Podcast. Visit StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first step into a larger world. Welcome, Star Wars fans. Episode 52 of Tatooine Sons. Can you believe it's already been a year since we first saw The Last Jedi? And the bad news is, it's still another year before Episode 9. We'll look back on what is easily the most controversial installment of the Skywalker saga and share some crazy theories about what's coming a year from now. Plus, we'll review the winter finale of Star Wars Resistance and our weekly hot takes. Difficult to see, always in motion, is the future. It's time for Tatooine Sons. It's true. It's true. All of it. What is the name of the Porg on the Millennium Falcon? The Force is strong in my family. What do you think his name is? <laughs> it's a big moment. I am a Jedi. Like my father before me. Maybe Turbis? Do or do not. There is no try. Turbis? <laughs> Pablo, if you're listening to this live stream, that pork's name is now Turbis. It's a good Star Wars name. We're not done yet. These guys record an awesome podcast called Tatooine Sons. Everybody was lit. Welcome, Star Wars fans. This is Tatooine Sons, your weekly look into all things Star Wars. From the unique perspective of a father sharing his love for the amazing space fantasy saga with his two sons. I am BB Nate, and I am joined first by my brother, Samuel the Hutt. Uh, Chew to Star Wars fans, uh, thanks for tuning in, and if you're not a Star Wars fan, then you probably have still heard about the controversy behind The Last Oh Jedi. my gosh. So, if, well, we'll come back to that, because I don't want to <laughs> jump into it too soon. And of course, you can't have Star Wars without Bizarre Father figures, so on that note, here's my dad, the Bowtie Jedi guy. This is taking getting used to recording on Thursday nights like this. You know, I mean, we're busy, but I'm working all day. I was up at 3.30 this morning, working on podcast stuff, going to work, came home, ate dinner. You guys did school all day. Plus, you guys spent all day long helping get all of our Christmas stuff out to our Patreon supporters mm-hmm. and, and, and the Star Wars Commonwealth people and a bunch of others. Um, Leland, since I know you're listening, Leland, oh, yes. your, your mug is on the way. Uh, Matt Martin, um, he actually may listen to our our, <laughs> our podcast. I think he has, has before. Um, actually, if you are listening, Matt, thanks for sending us your address because I asked for it and uh, uh, that's on the way. Uh, your, your gift is on the way as well. So uh, how's it going, guys? Pretty good. 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 Yeah, I'm kind of tired for some reason. But no, yeah. it's tired because it's Thursday night, so we're just gonna have to get over that and right. just continue to record. Push on it, through. For all of you that are listening on Monday morning, 
I hope that this is the shot and like you know like a, of espresso, like <laughs> mental Star Wars espresso to get your day started. For all of our Patreon supporters, thank you guys so much for who you are and what you do. And I hope that you're listening to this on the weekend and you're having a great weekend. And guys, have a great Thursday night for the rest of the night while we uh, <laughs> finish doing this. Um, so you were talking, Sam, about the um, controversial nature of yeah, the Last Jedi. Just a little. Uh, we were talking about this. This isn't one of the hot takes. This was actually at one point going to be a hot take, but then I decided I'd just we just talk about it here. Um, you know, uh, um, the AV Club, which is a big nerd oh, website. That's right. <laughs> um, they um, they put out their 2018 worst things. Uh, about the internet or worse things on the internet. I got a bad feeling about this. And um, uh, <laughs> not quite sure. Uh, well, um, you want the bad news or the really bad news? Most of our sound clips will just work for this. It really <laughs> will, yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. Let's just say um, if you're P.T. Barnum, this is great. <laughs> um, P.T. Barnum is famous for saying there's no such thing uh, um, as bad publicity. Um, when you make AV clubs, or at least a tweet on your Twitter feed, makes the AV clubs uh, worst things on the internet of 2018 in the number two position. <laughs> what? Um, what was number one? I don't remember. I was just stuck on number two. When I was like, <laughs> so you guys remember a few weeks ago when Ryan Johnson uh, tweeted, we did the poll about... Um, Luke Skywalker. Uh, what was it? It was about. It, it was Luke consistent with his character in the Last Jedi. In, yeah, well, I think it was just or a, from was, the original. It was generally like about Luke Skywalker, and, and Ryan Johnson tweeted on our on our poll uh, saying that he was a hundred percent consistent because of the conversation that was going on with Adam from Yahoo and and some others. They and it blew up and it turned into this thing. He so basically they accused Ryan Johnson as being like the poster boy for the bad for celebrities that don't know how to keep keep quiet on Twitter. Um, the number two. It was the number two but, worst things on the internet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what do you guys think about that, baby I, Nate? Well, I don't think that they're right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that bad of a thing. <laughs> I think Impressive. that's a, Every word in that sentence was wrong. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a bit of an exaggeration. You yeah, might I mean, disagree with it, or you might disagree with his methods, but it's not the number two worst thing to come off the internet in 2018. I think the thing that frustrates me the most is that he spent a year, for the most part, being pretty restrained against yeah. some really, really ugly things that were said about him, that were said about Kelly Marie Tran, that were said about um, you know some of the, Daisy the, the Ridley. Da- not Daisy Ridley, not so much that that came with J.J. Abrams back on Force oh, Awakens, right. but pretty much the, it was it was her and, and Kelly Marie, and they. You know, he's kept his mouth. I mean, he's spoken up at times, but all he did was state. That, from his perspective, the Luke Skywalker of The Last Jedi is 100% uh, consistent with the Luke Skywalker of the original trilogy. Um, And and that supposedly makes it one of the worst things. He said something at the end, though. It was like, you know, if if you need me, I'll be at the bar. Yeah, if you need me, I'll be at the bar. Right, it was a hot take. If you need me, I'll be at the bar. Which basically was his way of saying, I'm not going to check this feed anymore. I'm not going to listen to your reactions. Here's my hot take. See you later. I'm out. You just dropped the bomb. Exactly. Yeah. And that's fine. He has the right to do that. Right. But anyway, so. Yeah, I don't, that's not, 
horrible. No. So let's talk about something more positive um, about that. You know, it's pretty exciting for us. You know, um, Sam, you're a senior in high school. What do you want to study? Tell all of our listeners if they haven't heard already. Aerospace engineering. Aerospace engineering. And um, uh, what was the college that we were looking into when we lived in California that you really liked? And tell tell our listeners about that college and why you wanted to go there. Well, it was um, CBU, California Baptist University. Um, I think it's up what, in Riverside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, up in Riverside. Um, it's, I mean, we visited that place like... Three times? Three times yeah. or so, yeah. Um, so I always get like three pieces of mail now. <laughs> oh, that's right, because you signed up three right. times for the review um, tours. Yeah, no, it's a beautiful, beautiful college. It's um, Christian, obviously. It's Baptist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful campus. It's private, so, you know, it's, it's pricey. Um, but it's Yeah, this beautiful. is the way that the, this is, exa- you know, Watto gets it right when it comes to uh, them. My tricks don't work on me. Only money. Only money. Yeah. yeah. So it's um, very expensive. Yeah. Very, yeah, very expensive. But it's beautiful campus. Um, and since I want to study engineering, they they just recently, I think it was last summer, opened up their brand new engineering facility. I mean, state of the art. It's got the latest equipment, latest like like the state of the art three uh, D printers, uh, augmented reality. I mean, it's insane. There's a whole area in the middle of the building designed for testing robots like yeah it's it's insane so you know obviously that was pretty exciting to me and the fact that it's christian i mean that's that's a huge like uh, that's a big part of a it big yeah, yeah a really big and it's basically. one of the only two uh universities in all of calif excuse me all of california that have internships with nasa mm-hmm. you know and so yeah. it's exactly and they're accredited by nasa too exactly you know you can if they if you want an aerospace um a job, especially NASA, you can study there and it, it'll it transfer over. Yeah. So. And so um, you applied before we left for Cal- uh, moved from California to Colorado. It's been sort before. of like, well, we'll see what happens. Maybe you'll go there. Maybe you won't. In fact, I'm going to be totally honest. I've had completely forgotten about my application just because I think I put any chance of me going there away because you know we moved here and so i totally forgot that i had applied in the first place all right so this week we got a package in the mail yeah i'm not going to make sam sit here and brag about himself i'm his dad (laughs) it's my job so i'm going to go ahead and do that um so sam gets a little package and he opens it up he actually there's a video if you're a patreon supporter you saw the video we put it up on our patreon page um uh, where he opens up this package and he reads this letter and it says in short that not only have you been accepted into the university, um, but you were accepted with honors into the university, and that you were re- you received the highest scholarship, the president's scholarship, um, into the university, which is the highest scholarship that they give out. Um, wow. Um, so it's kind of overwhelming, because now we've got decisions to make. Yeah. So we'll see that. that was cool. Not, you know, it's not like a... Oh gosh, I'm gonna go there now. But I mean, it was cool. They came. It came with this special card. I don't know. It was like some Lancers like thing. I don't remember. Lancers is their, yeah, their mascot. Their the Lancers like a like a a knight. A knight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it came with this card, and it's free admission to all their basketball games. Even now, games. even if we still live there, you could go right now. Right. Exactly. So but you can't because we're in Colorado yeah. and they're in California. But so. they 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 just like I think last year they got like. Uh, NCAA. Yeah, they're in the NCAA so Division One basketball team now. Which is like the main... Yeah, it's 
Kansas what? University, Kentucky, Duke, oh, yeah, North, yeah. North Carolina, all those schools. That'll be fun. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So, um, congratulations. Thank you. I'm proud of you. Very good job. <laughs> BB Nate, I got a question for you. I'm going to put BB Nate on the spot. Oh, geez. He loves this when I do it. Um, you know, I got a bad <laughs> feeling about this. Um, you know, if you were to go to college next year, what kind of things would you like to study? Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I haven't thought about it much. <laughs> okay. So what I mean, what are things you like to do? I don't know. <laughs> okay. That's cool. I just Not, nothing. I'm like just audio video. You yeah. like to do like audio stuff and, and that kind of thing. So Not that? No, I don't think about that. I just think that as like something that's a hobby kind of. I'm okay. good at it. I'm not like wanting to. I'm just... You're good at it. Oh, that's cool. Well, you're really good at, at like audio yeah. stuff and you've helped out at church and audio and video stuff and so that's awesome. All right, why don't we go ahead and look at some um, review. Uh, yeah, we got a review this week. That's oh. pretty cool. So let's um, dive into it. It's a review from Across the Pond. It's from, right. from the UK, from Great Britain. Came in on December 11th, which is two day, just two days ago. Mm-hmm. Wow. I like being able to see these reviews that quickly. Right. I signed up for that service. Uh, the shot, I'm, should I try to do it in a British accent, or do you think it would be offensive? Because I'm not very good at British accent. I'm accents. pretty good at a British accent. You want to read it? I'm going to try. I'm probably going to offend all of our listeners, because we were mailing out stuff, and like half, over half of our Patreon supporters were either from like Australia or the UK or Great Britain or something. And one, and one from... Uh, Switzerland, I think. Yeah, Switzerland. Yeah, Switzerland. yeah, that was funny. Side note, we were trying, we were um, going through and we see the country code and it said CH. And we're like, China? Like, what yeah. is that? So we actually, we got to the post office and they were going through the letters and they asked, wait, what, what's CH? We had to Google what it was. I mean, obviously we found out it was Switzerland, but that was funny. Anyway, I'm okay, going. Cool. <laughs> All right, so go ahead and read it. Though. It is a five-star review, so thank you five very, very much. So. All right. It's, let's, He's going to read it in a British so accent. so embarrassing and offensive. Go. The shot of positivity the fandom needs. I recently got into Tatooine Sons after it was recommended by a number of other podcasters, and I really love it. I love the family dynamic and how positive they are when talking about the franchise. Keep up the great work, guys. Hashtag make Turbis canon. Yes, that was actually very, very good. Congratulations. I'll buy it. It's by Bloody Orm via iTunes. I think like like just said like a horrible curse. Word yeah, I think you did in in like British vernacular. Bloody on, bloody on. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, we just offended some more people. Now. Awesome. <laughs> so, all right. Well, we do. We tend to do that all the time. I mean, we are part of the, like the second worst thing that right. happened on the internet. We like in twenty eighteen. We're the catalyst for it. I can't believe that's such an absurd <laughs> idea. We're on. We got in the same year. We've got an article in express.co.uk. Yeah. And, and we're like part of the second worst thing that ever happened on the internet. In, in, this in year. the year. Yeah, in this year. That's awesome. That's, All right. Man, uh, well, we last week, it. let's talk about, um, let's jump in. It's been, a, it's been, a, it was a kind of a slow week for the poll. Didn't get a lot of uh, it's kind of been response. A week in general. Yeah. Star Wars has been a little bit down until yesterday. Some things happened. But this, uh, let's talk about this week's podcast poll of the week. Are you brainless? I never ask that question until after I've done it. What? No! All right, so the last week's episode, you know, was all about the mask. We talked about the masks and okay. of, of Kylo Ren and whether or not they should repair it because of the rumor. Spoiler. Ah! Oops. Ah! Ah! 
Offending some more people. We should yeah, have like an offender. Well, just offended All right. Count. Yeah, she, shoot Kylo Ren, wear his mask again in episode nine. Um, we um, had four choices. Yes, no, absolutely not. An unsure comment below. So uh, after a week of, the, since our discussion and the poll, I'm going to start with you, BB Nate. Should Kylo Ren, Ren wear his mask again in episode nine? I don't think so. No. Don't. I, I, don't, I don't like the idea. Okay. Samuel the Hutt? Yes. You think so? I'm of the opinion that it doesn't... Um, I like the idea if it's done right. So, we'll come back okay, to Okay, I guess I'll change mine. I'm with you. Okay. <laughs> um, all right, so who's first? Who's got uh, bats in the That'd be me. Go for it, all Sam. Right, so, yeah, this is so, by... these are some of our comments from you, your, you amazing listeners and Twitter uh, followers. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, this is by Bats in the Belfry. Um, his Twitter handle is at... It's bedeviled, bedeviled wookie. Bedeviled wookie. Okay, yeah. I didn't recognize that word. All right, it says, design-wise, I really like the mask, but him destroying it in the Last Jedi was a pretty definitive statement. He's not merely a Vader fanboy anymore. That said, bringing it back wouldn't ruin the fun for me in any way. Well, thank. Well, first of all, bats in the Belfry, uh, bedeviled wookie. That's a very mature approach. So, I thank agree. you very much. So, uh, what do you guys think? Do you, do you think that um, it's a step back? Um, you know that that it was destroyed permanently and taken. Was that kind of your position, yeah. BB Nate? Explain a little bit more why you feel that way. Well, he destroyed the mask. I feel like he just shouldn't bring it back. For the fact is, I just don't think it's a good idea. I mean, I wouldn't be heartbroken about it, and I wouldn't be like they ruined my childhood if they brought Kylo Ren's mask back. Okay, but I just. Don't like the idea. Did you sign up with the Twitter account when I wasn't looking and there you bats in the belfry? Because no. you basically agree with him 100%. So yeah. That's cool. What about you? What do you think about the idea, Sam? Uh, Sam? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I get where he's coming from for the whole uh, Vader fanboy. Um, you know, I don't know why I didn't think of this before, but I was trying to think of what Snoke said before what that kind of you know ticked uh, Kylo off. And he says, you know, you're like just a child in a mask or something. Yeah. And now that I think about it that way... He, that was a statement. He's like, okay, no, I'm not doing this anymore. So, I guess, yeah, I don't think they should necessarily bring the mask back, but then again, I wouldn't mind it. I mean, it'd look cool, and there's they could spin it either way, I think. So, you changed your position because of this tweet? Yeah. Oh, I, sure, yeah. Okay. Let's go with that. Oh, right. um, I just think that they can spin it either it was a definitive statement or he's doing it for another reason. I okay. think they could go either way. All right, next Twitter Twitter comment. This is from Spar Ten, like number ten, like right. one zero. Okay. Leonidas. 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 Yeah. Leonidas. So Spar Ten Leonidas, which is very witty, by the way. Yeah. I think that's and his his Twitter handle is the same. Ask yeah. Spar Ten Leonidas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he said, "I like the symbolism and the themes expressed expressed." Expressed. Expressed in him smashing the mask and not wearing one for the rest of the film after that. I feel like they'd be backpedaling on that if they had him wear a mask again. And you probably agree with that a I lot. Do. It's like, let's do it. He's moved on. Do you think that it symbolizes him completely moving to the dark side and not being able to come back as a result of that? Hmm. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> mm. Actually, no. I think it could mean even the opposite. Okay. Because, you know... That could mean... Oh, man, I had the thought in my head, and then it just... I, I'm tired. Um, <laughs> it was like... He's not clinging on to that side. Okay. On, onto that anymore. 
meaning there's less to hold on to in the dark side. So I think it could be easier for him to move into the light side. Okay. I could probably express that in a much no, it was good, more understandable way, but. Yeah, it makes sense in my head. <laughs> okay. And then the last one was from um, Eric McGilvray, uh, at Eric McGilvray. So that's an easy one. And he's actually one of our newest Patreon supporters, and he commented on this. Uh, actually, he put a two-tweet uh, comment, and so we're going to read all of it. It says, for marketing reasons, there's going to be a new mask. I think that that is... Um, as it did I mentioned that yeah. last time because of the whole more, I mean, if they more had dolls, a, more pictures, more have, like, the masks black to sell, you know, more cosplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have that. the black series mask that I might yeah. I might be getting. <laughs> I liked your thought of him being Kylo with the mask on and Ben without it. Which is sort of that Jekyll and Hyde type mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. that I talked about last week. I do believe that he is still going to be conflicted and not fully committed to being the bad guy he is trying to be. The idea of the mask being remade of the old shattered one is interesting and maybe a representation of Kylo only just keeping it together and on the verge of the light and the dark tearing him apart, which I like that idea. Mm-hmm. I think that the mask being sort of pieced together, some of Vader's, I like that idea. Uh, yeah. Some of Vader's, some of his old mask. Um, pieced together with this red whatever uh, substance that's holding it together which in the original post by making Star Wars kind of is what I think kind of gives it the Darth Maul feel that, that mm. they suggested um, with it I think it, sh- it, it I think it personally shows a fractured soul that you know the mask is, is he's hiding behind it and it's fractured I like that idea hmm. and then he closes it all and says also thanks for the shout out in this episode you get but another shout out you got another shout out you're going to get another one in a minute because he commented on something that we're going to be talking about I as mean, our main just getting all the shout outs absolutely well you know we love our Patreon supporters <laughs> they're awesome they make this uh, show possible so um, yeah I um, I think that that's sums up my position pretty firmly so, right. awesome. I'm calling it episode 9 going to be called Fractured Oh, episode nine. Yep. The Fractured Force. Have um, a source in Pinewood Studios. Uh, a source somewhere close to Pine, deep within Pinewood Studios, mm-hmm. which is Mike Zero's uh, mom's girlfriend's cousin's roommate. Yep. Dog. Dog. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, let's move on. All right. So last Sunday was the winter finale for season one of Star's Resistance. Um, Kaz was sent on a special uh, recon mission with Poe. Um, what they find is worse than they can possibly imagine. Up next, our thoughts on Station Theta Black. We have a mission for you. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. How do we blow it up? There's always a way to do that. Droid, please. Light it up. All right. So Kaz and Poe um, find themselves investigating an empty facility in the Unknown Regions, uh, settling into a now-abandoned mining facility used by the First Order. It's not so abandoned when Poe, Kaz, BB-8, and CB-23 run, <laughs> run into a security droid, which alerts the First Order and brings Phasma, Major Von Reg, and a ship full of explosives to keep the evidence of the First Order's actions under wraps. Poe is still a hotshot pilot who hasn't quite learned his The Last Jedi lessons yet. <laughs> as, as General Leia Organa orders a strictly re- reconnaissance mission, and of course is the one whose decisions lead him nearly into the First Order's hands. As they fumble around, they, use, they uncover the First Order station Theta Black. 
was mining for mining 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 yeah for massive amounts of deadlinite. Uh-huh. I mean, that's how it's pronounced. So that's close that's enough, how yeah. yeah, close enough. Used prim- primarily to make blasters, as first seen in the Chewbacca comic way back in 2015. Well, I did. That was news for me. I stole this, by the way, from a review, and I need to find out what the review is because I want to credit them. Keep going. Uh huh. Um, after a close tangle with Phasma Major Von Reg and his red tie, and a particularly large explosion, this is the information um, Poe, Kaz, and the droids bring to General Land. Well, okay, that's live radio. Nathan just bumped his water bottle and it, and it, it rattled. Okay, there we go. Keep going. All right. And it says, it seems like a big moment. Um, it's confirmed that the First Order is making weapons, but not only does the reappearance of Starkiller Base and all the ships slash blasters the First Order is already using against the Resistance and the citizens of the Unknown Reason- Regions make this news feel unimportant, but even Kaz undercuts it by reminding us the senators of the New Republic won't care. Something Leia confirms. Nice. And that review was, or that synopsis, sometimes there's not a lot of good synopsis out there mm-hmm. for these episodes. That was actually. Star Wars doesn't do one anymore? No, they don't do one like they used to do with the Rebels. Huh. Um, so it makes it frustrating. Um, but this one was from Minoc Manor. Minoc Manor. Yeah. Well, thank you, Minoc Manor. And we will mention that as well um, on, on the internet, because that was a very well-written and and, um, and good good article. Comprehensive. Okay. Yeah. So, what did you guys like from this episode, uh, BB Nate? Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, um, BB-8 was interesting in this episode. Why do you say that? He had a lot of... Screen time. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah he, did. he was in a lot. So you like BB-8, which mm-hmm. that doesn't well, surprise they, yeah, me with your name sense. being BB-8. Oh, they so. confirmed that um, CB-8 and CB-23 are uh, kind of the thing. Are a couple, huh? Yeah, because they were chatting and Poe was like, all right, you two lovebirds, you can catch that's up later. That's true, that's true. And then um, I'm going to go ahead and give a little bit of a spoiler alert for the next 30 seconds. <laughs> Our buddies over at MakingStarWars.net have, uh, b- there's a, a leak out that yeah. there's a little mini like BB-8 that's following BB-8 around on uh, the, 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 the in uh, episode 9. And so maybe it's a baby BB-8. <gasps> maybe CB, CB-23 and BB-8. Uh, got, a, maybe a they got married. Baby? I don't know. They have a droid baby? I don't know how that works. Watch, you just see like a but, BB-8 But you know, L3 says it works. So, um, <laughs> you know, L337 from see- Solo. Like the BB-8 yeah. you see in the Last Jedi, followed by one of those like Sphero BB-8s. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> just like one of those tiny okay. little things. So, anything else you liked about this episode? Well, I mean, I would say it was just a good episode. Um, kind of semi letdown for a winter finale. Okay, we'll get to what's not hot in yeah, a second. Yeah. All right. So what? Did you, so so you liked BB-8? Thought it was an decent episode. I liked. Um, one little moment at the end was really, really important, I think. And this may lead into my what's next. I'm not sure yet. But I liked the whole episode. I thought it was inf- it was a fun one to watch. I like the fact that we finally got um, Oscar Isaac, Gwendolyn Christie, all of that. You know, the, the Last Jedi characters and the actors all in one show um, for basically a, a pretty a, the entire episode. Mm-hmm. And so that was a lot of fun. We got more Resistance First Order stuff. We're just a few months away. Um, we found out... Um, what this base was for, this station Theta Black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it was mining for weapons. Definitely. And so, so we get this revelation that Poe now, Kaz is, it helps him find uh, this revelation that the, the First Order is building massive amounts of weapons, um, which seems like it's news to mm-hmm. Poe. Mm-hmm. And so I think <clears throat> that that's, that's setting up Force Awakens um, and things that are coming there. Um, and then I think the ending when Kaz is talking about, go, you know, Kaz is with General Leia and they're talking about going to, um, the Senate, mm-hmm. to the Republic. And for obviously Kaz's dad is a Senator, um, in the, in right, right, this right. show. Yeah. We saw that in the first episode. Right. And so, um, there's this concern that even the Senate's not going to listen to even Kaz's own dad. Hmm. And, um, and General Leia is kind of like, you know, there's uh, some of them are basically on the payroll of the first order. I mean, that was a pretty intense little yeah. moment at the end there. I liked that. That's the politics, the little secrets. It uh, goes back to, blood, was it bloodlines? Bloodlines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I like that a lot. What did you yeah. like about um, this episode? I mean, I liked the, um, I like Poe. I mean, I always like Poe, and he's 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 always a great character. You know, Oscar. Oscar Isaac's like, doing a fantastic he's... job doing voiceover work. Yeah. on this. Yeah, because it's different than than acting live. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, and it, it translates just the same as if you were exactly. watching the movies. Um, yeah, no, I liked I liked uh, Poe's character in this. Um, I mean, it was just an all around pretty good episode. I liked the. Uh, at the end, when uh, Kaz, they were flying away from the explosion, Kaz knew he wasn't going to be able to make it, so he hid behind a, uh, uh, that was a asteroid. Cool. That was cool. Um, you know, another one of those like moments that Kaz had. Um, hmm. It was funny when uh, at the beginning when uh, Poe hands Kaz a blaster and asks him, "Well, you've been trained with this, right?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah." yeah plenty of times with virtual blasters it's like wait what, what's a virtual blaster right, how's yeah, that work that so I thought that I thought that was fun um, yeah, the interplay like, between Kaz and Poe has really been special yeah. this first uh, I guess 11 episodes mm-hmm. so it's been a lot of fun um, it was fun to have Phasma for more than like 12 seconds yeah <laughs> uh, more She's, has she I'm concerned does she had more time screen time in Star Wars <laughs> Resistance <laughs> than she did in both The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi <laughs> She combined. might have at this point. I think she has, actually. <laughs> we should time that. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, and then the dog fight at the end with Major Von Reg and yeah. Poe and Kaz. That was fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, awesome. I mean, it was just a, it was, it was a pretty good uh, episode all around. It was good. What, um, what did you not like? Uh, all right, here's your chance, BB. <laughs> I thought it was um, a semi-letdown for Winter Finale. Normally those are supposed to leave you on a good cliffhanger, and, mm, yeah, and they're supposed to be really, really high action packed and leave you with a bunch of story. This time I just thought it was a meh. Okay, kind of. You wanted that cliffhanger and I you did. didn't get it. Kind of wanted to see something was coming. I think that the cliffhanger was there. I just don't think that it it, it landed the way that that they had hoped it would land mm. it. I think it's. Kaz Poe meeting with General Leia for you know Kaz meeting her for the first time, and then the revelation that there are people within the Republic that are on the side of the First Order. And now, mm. if you've read the Bloodlines novel, you know this, right? But if you but let's be honest, the vast like ninety five percent of the people watching Resistance have never read the Bloodlines novel. And so they don't re- that's a revelation for them. That the that the there are senators that are on the side of the first order. Um and, and they sort of allude to it in The Last Jedi with um DJ explaining to uh Finn, you know, that there's 
they're se- they were selling resistance stuff and um you know, resistance equipment and first order equipment. Right. By the same people. So I mean it sort of alludes to that ambiguity. Yeah, I think that I think that that's definitely a part, but that's sort of like, you know, the rich elite in that. Mm-hmm. This is now the Republic. And there are people in the Senate that um are are siding with the First Order. <laughs> um and so I think that that's like the big revelation that happened that I don't think actually translated for a lot of people mm-hmm. into the actual broadcast. The reason this is a big deal is we have to remember there are people within the Republic that probably were from systems that were loyal to the Empire. Mm-hmm. And we're only, you know, we're still 30 years removed from the, from the Battle of uh, Endor and the fall of the Galactic Empire. But if you read the Aftermath novels, you read some of these other things, you realize that it's not a simple piece that's going on. And there's a lot of systems that were still loyal to the empire and they didn't see the empire as a bad thing. They saw the rebellion as terrorists. Well, yeah. I mean, if you look at their tactics, it's not that far off. Right. And so, you know, there's this sort of this group, I think that's, that we're going to be learning more about in the future, um, in different sort, you know, novels, comics, Maybe the movies, TV series, probably the Mandalorian. And we'll see this because um, it's it's post Battle of Endor. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see this. I think we're going to find that there's a lot of people that aren't really happy about the rebellion be- winning this war yeah. and the New Republic, and they're not happy about it in the first place. And so uh, I think that there's a lot of that within the Senate, and that's why there's this. I think this movement that's called the First Order that comes back. We see it creep into the Bloodlines novel. If you haven't read Bloodlines, please read it. But I think that that's, that's going to hmm. be it. But I totally get where you're coming from on yeah. that, BB. Yeah, I mean, I, I also agree with BB Nay. I was watching it, and I kept waiting for that moment where it was going to be like, oh, geez, this just got real. I mean, now the winter finale, I mean, it's, it's going to be tough to wait out this hiatus. Yeah. After the end, I was like, that Oh, it was tied up pretty nicely. Yeah, it you know, was. Not, not what we're used to. And I think we're coming into this series differently from, you know, say, Rebels or Clone Wars because we are not so... We don't have previous exposure to things like this. So we're more um, critical with this show. So, I mean, say we were watching Rebels, we'd probably be, you know, look at it a little differently. We're, we ex- we've come to expect more from this series, I think, um, you know, after watching Rebels and, yeah, and Clone Wars. But, I so yeah, I mean, I think... It's the first winter hiatus, though, winter break, so you can't really expect a whole lot. I think that, you know, hearing what you said um, and those ideas, I think that they could it could be really interesting next. Uh, but, yeah, I was I was kind of hoping for more of a cliffhanger. Yeah. Something, something I didn't really, you know, I'm still struggling with in Resistance as, as a whole is sort of the slapstick, mm. Jar Jar Binks-esque um, physical comedy of Kaz. I feel like he's just not... That's just not what I want from this series. Maybe that's just the way it's going to be. I'm not... It doesn't ruin the series for me. Uh, but there are times when it just seems like it gets a little over the top. I remember him... You know, he's he's standing there on the edge of the, the nose of one of the X-Wings trying to balance. And he's, like, starting to fall. And he flops in, you know, in, and this kind of stuff. That, that Buster Keaton type stuff, which you guys have no idea no what idea I'm talking about. Is. You know, if you're 94 years old and you happen to be listening to this podcast... <laughs> Um, you know, you know who that is. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, that, that's sort of the, one of the things that I didn't like. 
Well, I think that a very big cliffhanger, which we're not kind of thinking about much, is Kaz's dad from the first episode and how the hologram was scrambled. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. We don't know who the dad was. is still. And I'm wondering if... His dad is Snoke. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Aggressive. Every word in that sentence was wrong. <laughs> yeah. I feel like um, his dad could be a First Order th- sympathizer. I think that would And be that, would, that would probably get the uh, series a little bit more intense. Because <laughs> Kaz is definitely not a First Order sympathizer. Oh, well, no. Yeah. So as a father thinking about like the relationship with your sons... I don't feel like you can look as, at Kaz's dad as being a bad guy, you know, right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because, you know, what we saw in the previous episode, episode 10, is Captain Dozer used to be the Empire. You know, yeah, I mean, there's this true. is not as cl- cut and dry and black and, and white. He does, but he he doesn't care for the first time. Right. And so there's all this weirdness that's gone on. This is a weird era. Um, in Star Wars and so I could see the dad being loyal to the First Order because he wants to see because remember if you for the for those of you that read Bloodlines you know this the 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 appeal of the First Order uh, uh, the appeal of the Galactic Empire like those that look back longingly on the Empire from Bloodlines is the Republic is sort of in chaos Mm. There's it, it, there's no control. There's no order. That's where they come up with this idea of the first order. This idea of everything, it, you know, um, everything is spiraling out of control. We need a strong centralized government, not mm. these small. These uh, uh, we need a strong, large centralized government. Gosh, I'm going way political here, but um, that runs everything versus what the republic is, which is a bunch of independent systems that are sort of functioning as their own worlds. And then being kind of loosely governed by the Republic. And so there's this battle that's going on. And that's just a political ideology. That's not a bad thing either side of it. There's benefits to both. Right. So I could see Kaz's dad being a First Order sympathizer. And Kaz being Kaz. Yeah. And as a dad, that would be heartbreaking Mm. when this thing blows up later. Yeah. Literally, so <laughs> that's interesting. So, all right, so you kind of alluded to it and, and, yeah. and shared your thoughts, but what do you think's next, Gardney? Well, I I really don't know where the series kind of goes from here. Um, they didn't leave us with a cliffhanger or much. I mean, they kind of did, but they didn't leave us with too much to think about for the next half season. But I'm really hoping that they have a resistance panel at celebration and show the first episode of the. Um, well, I think that we're going to get the second half of season one before yeah. we even get to celebration. Really, I oh, think we'll yeah. get it. It's only going to be you know, you know, probably seven or eight weeks at most, mm-hmm. and so you get. I think they're going to front load it into the 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 winter. So it's going to be um, late January, early February, early and March uh, that time period, and then maybe we get season two's episode at a resistance mm. panel. Hmm. I, I just really don't know where it's going to go from here. I think um, Stephen Stanton, you know, in our conversation with him when we had him on a couple weeks ago, and then in our pre- other conversation that I had with him before that interview, um, just sort of talking about things, um, he made it really, really clear that everything that we've seen, uh, and he's Griff Halloran, so he's in this, and he plays he played a stormtrooper in this episode. Oh, yeah. um, he's play he's in this. He knows the story. 
Right. Right. Um, He said that everything that's happening in the first half of this season is literally just setting up characters and getting storylines in place in order to to set up the second half of the season. And the second half of the season, he basically said, buckle up. It's going to get pretty intense. I'm hoping he's right. I hope that's not just, you know... Rally the troops for resistance right. type stuff. I think that 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 he's being accurate yeah. on that. I I mean, he did kind of say to me as well. He said that you did see in Rebels at the end of each season or the last half of each season, it it got like super intense and they started to get some story heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's it's. Intense, it's coming. You just got to wait. Yeah, that's like, what he kept saying to us. Yeah. It's coming. It's coming. He kept mm-hmm. saying. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I think that, yeah, we're going to get some more of the political side of it. Not too much so because, you know, it's a kid's show. But, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to see the First Order sympathizers and how they don't think that they're wrong. And they're not necessarily wrong. They just want, you know, the right government. I think uh, it's going to ramp up here. I think we're going to see some more... Um, yeah, we just pretty much agree with what you guys said. I had an idea, though, for a character appearance that could maybe happen. What if we see... Tag and Bink, no, I'm sure. <laughs> what if we see Aiden Versio? I would love that. They could I would pull love off. to see her in that. In it wouldn't scene. be tough, because they just need the original actress, her name escapes me, to do uh, a voice. Janina Garb. Yeah. Yeah. Gert, I think Gert, that would I be fun, and, yeah. and it would add more to that whole uh, Empire... And they join yeah, the public. Yeah. You know, it's like a not far off from what Doza. Right, because her her character arc in mm-hmm. Battlefront Two in the in the campaign mode is going from elite the galactic elite squadron empire squadron to all in on the Republic. Right, like she's doing like co op co op. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Uh, uh, Covert, covert missions yeah. for the uh, Republic, and spoiler alert: if you haven't played the campaign, she does die. But it's not long before Last Jedi, so she it's could, between Force Awakens and the Last Jedi, right? But it's like it happens like like a couple hours before. Yeah, I remember. So they could easily fit her into this. Did you story. guys, either of you guys, read the Inferno Squad novel? Mm-hmm. No, I highly recommend the Inferno Squad novel. I think you two would absolutely love it because she's pretending to be a, a rebel. Oh, as an um, Imperial. Oh, that's interesting. It's a really good book. That's it's really fun. I mean, it, 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 honestly. Mm-hmm. Are we going to see... No, we can't see Anniversary's daughter, at least not in this season. No, you could. Yeah, we could. But who knows? We'll see. Anyway, All right. that was just an idea. I had, so. Very, very cool. Okay. All right. Fantastic. We'll move on. All right. The worst kept secrets oh. in Star Wars were confirmed this week with the announcement of the cast of The Mandalorian. Oh, a rumor from across the pond, I mentioned that phrase earlier, has a character from Rebels in that series. And Mark Hamill is reading CIA security level documents. It's time for hot takes. This is where the fun begins. Well, you want the bad news or the really bad news? Impressive. Every word in that sentence was wrong. Yeah, so we're sitting here. We we go on mute while they're playing these interlude clips, and Sam's like freaking out for a second because he's like, "We didn't play the clip for next week's Resistance episode because he forgot that we don't have a clip <laughs> because they haven't even we're told us the name of it yet." <laughs> All right, the Mandalorian cast announcement: Lucasfilm. This is from StarWars.com. Huh? Okay. Uh, Lucasfilm is pleased to announce the cast of the first ever Star Wars live action series, The Mandalor- Mandalorian. Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. 
just a guy in the Mandalorian costume. Both that playing a banjo. That'd be cool. I'd be awesome if we had that. I want to see a cosplay of that at Celebration now. The Mandalorian. You just see Boba Fett with like a straw hat on and overalls playing a banjo. The Mandalorian. All right. That's oh. awesome. I'm going to find. Hey, if you're listening to this and you're an artist, we need fan, Could like, you please make fan art of the Banjo Lorian yeah. for us? Boba Fett with a straw, straw hat, hat playing a banjo. And like maybe a reed out of his yeah, exactly. or something. <laughs> <laughs> and some boots on, and he's just kicking his foot on a little. No, he's in a rocking some. chair. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, let me try this again. Oh, God, help us. Lucasfilm is pleased to announce the cast of the first ever Star Wars live-action series, The Mandalorian. There you go. Pedro Pascal from Narcos has been cast in the title role, which that was actually a revelation. There was some speculation he was just playing a character. We know he's playing a title, the title role as a lone Mandalorian gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy. All right, now I'm going to read off the rest of the cast. And in between each one, you just answer, as soon as I finish their name, yes, if you've ever heard of them, no, if you haven't. Because I think this will be really interesting. Okay. okay? Right. Uh, he is joined by Gina Carano. No. no. <laughs> uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Nope. Yes, I think so. Okay. Emily Swallow. No. Nope. Carl Weathers. Yes. I've heard of him. Do you remember what from? No, but I just know. Okay. Omid Abtahi. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Werner Herzog. Nope. And Nick Nolte. Nope. No. Okay. Although I think I saw the pictures of him, and there's one uh, like African-American gentleman. And he looks vaguely familiar. Okay, we'll talk about Who was that? that? Who was that? We're ha- this is a quote from uh, executive producer John Favreau. We're having a great time working with this incredibly talented group and excited for everyone to see what we're up to. Hmm. So what do you guys think about the cast announcement? Having not heard of any of them, really. Yeah, I mean, it's not... Um, it's in Star Wars fashion to take people you haven't really heard of and put them in Star Wars. I mean, that's, that was... That's, that's interesting that you say that. Yeah, I mean, they've done it with almost every Star Wars movie. movie. (laughs) Well, let me tell you where these people come from. So, uh, Gina Carano was in Deadpool. Okay. Okay. We haven't seen that, so... We haven't seen it, so it's new to you, Mm -hmm. but she's not a nobody. Okay. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito, you thought you'd heard of him, BB Nate? I think so. He's from Breaking Bad. Do you watch that one? (laughs) (laughs) Emily Swallow was in the TV show that was hugely popular, Supernatural. I've heard of the show. I haven't seen okay. it though. Carl Weathers was in. Um, he was in Predator. I have not seen. Predator. He was in Rocky. That's why I heard. I haven't it seen Rocky. I know we gotta watch. I know movies. I need to watch Rocky. And he was Chubbs in Happy Gilmore. That's why I Chubbs. remembered him from his his mentor with the hand, the wooden hand. I it's been so long since I've oh, seen. Oh, he gets he gets he's, eaten he off get, by the alligator. Remember, he's a golfer and he gets eaten by a gal. If I saw a picture, I'd, I'd recognize it. Yeah. That's a great movie. Yeah. I don't watch that movie. Omid Abtahi was from American Gods. Werner Herzog was from Grizzly Man, and Nick Nolte's like been nominated for Oscars. He was a huge. You guys have no idea who he is, but he was a huge star in um, the eighties, like big time. 48 Hours with Eddie Murphy, a bunch of other stuff. Yep, there he is. You got it. He's, he pulled, Sam just pulled up. I remember, I remember Chubbs now. All right, yeah. So. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, what do you guys think? Kind of just kind of, hey, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean I've, I, 
yeah, it's not like someone I've heard of that I wouldn't expect. Like, uh, I can't think of a person of them on the spot. But, you know, it's cool. I'm excited. Um, I noticed that just from the names, a lot of them sound Hispanic. There's there's that element. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know if that really has anything to do with it. But I just, I just noticed that. I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, at least we finally got some cast announcements that we don't. We only have the character, like, we only know the character for the title role, right? For the Mandalorian. We do know Pedro Pascal. But we don't know. He's playing character. the Mandalorian. We don't know what the character's name mm. is or anything. But I've got a theory. Oh, jeez. So, wait. Just so I know, though. We don't have name. We don't have character roles for any of the other no, guys. Okay. Absolutely not. So, I've read the Aftermath novels. And in the Aftermath novels, ah. they have these interludes with storylines in all three of them. And one storyline is of a character named Cobb Vanth. And I want to read a little bit about Cobb Vanth. Because I think my theory is the Mandalorian is Cobb, Cobb Vanth. Vanth. Okay, because the Jakku, or excuse me, the um, Aftermath uh, novel goes for about, the series goes for about two years following Battle of Endor. We know that The Mandalorian is set, I think, three to five years, something like that. Maybe six years. So it's set several years after that. So this character could still exist right. in it. While little was known, I'm going to reading this from our, our the great depository of amazing Star Wars knowledge called Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, while little was known about his origins, Cobb Vanth was once a slave who had a star-shaped scar tissue carved onto his back as a sign of ownership. By the time of the Battle of Endor, Vanth had freed himself and become the self-appointed lawman of Freetown. Following a lawman, Freetown... Mm-hmm. Following the death of Jabba the Hutt, Vanth encountered Odwin Charu, a representative of the Red Key Mining Company, which was actually a front for the Red Key Raiders Crime Syndicate. Charu had obtained a chest of Mandalorian armor from a group of Jawa scavengers. Pictures from making Star Wars have had Jawas hmm. in them. Uh, it could Char- be Boba Fett's armor. Ch- Charwa, Charu, some have speculated that at least parts of that armor that he got was, but who knows. Charu had been sent by the crime lord Lorgan Movalin to retrieve the armor. Vanth quickly recognized Charu as an off-worlder due to his attire and offered to vouch for Charu in his dealings with the Jawas. When Adwin demanded to know the price, Vanth claimed that he only wanted hospitality. The Jawas allowed two, the two men to enter their sand crawler, which was full of droids. While chatting with Adwin, Cobb learned that the man was the Red Key Mining co- was with the Red Key Mining Company and talked about the power struggle that had followed Jabba's death. After examining the box of Mandalorian armor, Cobb demanded the set. When Adwin protested, Cobb argued that he needed the armor for his work as a lawman. Hmm. Adwin then revealed the blaster underneath his tunic and threatened to draw his weapon. However, Cobb quickly grabbed the blaster, shot a hole through Adwin, uh, Adwin's right shoulder. Adwin's right shoulder. When Adwin accused Vanth of being a monster... Cobb responded that he knew that Adwin was working with a crime lord. He added that he would be bringing law to Tatooine and would not tolerate criminal elements like the Red Key Syndicate. When Adwin begged for his life, Cobb told him that he had spared his life so they could tell his boss to leave Tatooine and the Arcanist sector. There's a lot more to it, but I have a strong feeling that Cobb Vanth is the man. Sounds a lot like it. I mean, he's a freaking like gunslinger lawman. It's, it sounds so much like a western. I know. I can't wait. And, uh, and there's been a lot of, of suggestions that the Mandalorian is going to have. I love a that film. like gritty Star Wars western vibe. You know? Yeah, even more so than like the the, the western vibe that we had in Solo. Right. A little bit. I'm more talking gritty. like 
the underworld part of it, you know, like the smoke filled bars, you Cantinas. know, yeah. gun Cantina, smoke. whatever, you know, they, gun they smoke. <laughs> well, I mean, gun smoke's, pop out to watch gun smoke's a little music. too cheerful. I'm talking like, uh, what, what was it? Like some of Clint Eastwood. Yeah. You know, the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. Type. You know, you see him, uh, the Mandalorian cop go out in the middle of the street. Another guy comes off, you know, they do like a quick draw shootout. I'm talking like super Western. That would be so much fun. How would you feel about the, uh, the Mandalorian being that kind of a feel with the Western? I feel like it would be a good choice for them. Um, I feel like they're trying to appeal for all kinds of people. Um, and for it to be a gritty Western, that's kind of dark, but like has its moments of, it being its own western, I feel like it would be a great idea for them to do that. Specifically because Mandalorians have always been kind of the cowboys Mm -hmm. of Star Wars. Well, not Mandalorians and the Clone Wars on the Mandalorian planet, but Mandalorian like bounty hunters, Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, so I just think that it would be a great Mm -hmm. idea for them to do that. Yeah, I mean, a couple things I wanted to add on. Maybe it could be like, no, I don't want it to be this to this extreme, but you know how Marvel has their Netflix series, uh-huh. right? And they're usually a little, well, not a little, they're dark, a lot darker yeah. than yeah, yeah, the yeah. series. I mean, I'm sort of hoping for that from the Mandalorian, but not to the extent of you know Daredevil or the Punisher. Yeah, I think that what we're what the what you're trying to communicate is you'd rather see less Phantom Menace and more Rogue One in this series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rogue One was you know it was gritty. Yeah, it, it was. It was a war doc, a movie. You know, mm-hmm. it was it was Band of Brothers in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's cool. Oh, I was also going to say say something else. Oh, and I think also it's a good idea to start off with a Western vibe because that's a tried and true TV absolutely um, t- TV series uh, setting. Uh, yeah, you know, there's been so many series: Bonanza, Gunsmoke, uh, The Rifleman. Uh, I mean, I mean, the list can go on, and all the films and stuff, and it, they just work. You know, so I think it's smart for the first live action Star Wars TV series to be based off of that because it's it's easy to pull from it and 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 with the Mandalorian storylines and and history and armor and stuff like that, it's familiar enough mm-hmm. that it it still feels Star Wars, right? Because <laughs> of that, that's cool. Um, on a similar note, you guys got. I don't think you guys are ready for this. So. I, I, I got a bad feeling about this. Is Sabine? I've talked about this. Oh, I've actually read this article. Okay, good. Is Sabine oh, is Sabine coming to the Mandalorian? Um, on past episodes, we had hinted that the student. Okay, so this is actually from Making Star Wars. Okay. Uh, Jason Ward, our buddy over there. Uh, this I, I took this straight from his uh, post today. On past uh, episodes, we had hinted that the studio space being used for The Mandalorian was extremely close to the production of Avatar 2. It isn't uncommon to see Huckleberry, a.k.a. the Mandalorian crew members, eating lunch with Coral, a.k.a. Avatar 2 crew members. Apparently, a lot of the same technology is being used between Cameron's production for Avatar and this one. Hmm. The technology is being used for one of the main cast members already announced who is playing a CGI character which is interesting and this allows for the production of a digital mold of the actor's face and render his work in real time for the alien creature he's playing in the series the most interesting thing sources have noted is that the technology being used has been seen using Sabine Wren's helmet from Star Wars Rebels is Sabine Wren in The Mandalorian? We don't know. This is still the article. But apparently her helmet is. 
is Gina Carano playing Sabine Wren. Right now, if I had to guess, I would think that she could be playing the Mando clan leader we heard about, and maybe she wears Sabine's helmet, or maybe the owl-shaped helmet is more common for Mando women than Star Wars Rebels Let On, which I believe did show the style of Sabine's helmet on different Mando women. I think the more conservative angle is that the same style of helmet, but with Dave Filoni's involvement and the work he's done on the mythic Mando culture, history, and heritage, it is possible we could see her in the series. What are the odds that we see? Sabine Wren in The Mandalorian. BB Nate. Well, I would say very slim. I, I mean, I don't think that... I mean, great if she is. Amazing. Awesome. I don't know if they would do that, particularly. Um, and if they did, that's awesome. And I feel like it would do a great job for the story, and people would be excited for it. But I just don't see where it could fit into... The, Mandalorian. Well, itself. it's huge in the Mandalorian storyline, though, because remember, she she held the dark saber. She was the ruler of Mandalore just a few years earlier than this. I think that there's there could be a significant a scale of one to ten. One being it's not definitely not happening. Ten, it's definitely happening. Give it to me. Well, eight probably. You think it would happen? I think it's going to happen. The ground you just said you the helmet awesome. in there. Okay. Yeah, the idea just doesn't sit right with me. I don't know. I just it just doesn't feel right. We're we're going from. Ruler Mandalore to gritty gunslinger. It just it just doesn't. No, she doesn't say doesn't say that she is the Mandalorian, but that her character is in it. Right. I just it, I I don't know. I don't. It doesn't fit right. Although it's funny that you mentioned this special technology because back way back when we were on um, Star Wars Underworlds podcast. They had mentioned rumors about special technology with real-time rendering and stuff being used on the set of The Mandalorian. Or, or it wasn't even The Mandalorian. It was just John Favreau's live-action TV. Yeah, we didn't even know what it was called. Right. So, we thought it was The Mandalorian, but we didn't know. Right. So that's interesting that you mentioned that. But as to the Sabine Wren, I just... I don't like the idea. I don't think it's going to happen. Now I lost my track. How is it? BB Nate had something he was going to say. I did. All right, now well, I'm, I'm trying to get it. Oh, okay. wait. There we go. I got it back. Popped back in. There it we did. go. Um, are we going to see Sabine Wren searching for Ezra on Tatooine? Well, here's what I... With the White Wizard so Yeah, I don't think that... That's the key, BB Nate. That's exactly where I'm going with this. If we've got Sabine Wren in this show six years after the Battle of Endor or whatever... Then you are. I am almost certain that they are bringing in Ahsoka Tano. And with Dave Filoni working on a couple of the episodes, and Dave Filoni is like Ahsoka is, is like what his favorite character. Yeah, yeah. So they'll, you're sorry. They'll probably like bring Ahsoka in. So you're saying the CGI stuff would be used for? Ahsoka? No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that the fact that Sabine, the last time we see Sabine at the end of Star Wars Rebels, is she is off on a mission to find Ezra with Ahsoka Tano. If they bring Sabine Wren back into this, then I have a feeling that that means that Ahsoka Tano is coming into the series, too. and that would be like a good way to test run the fans' reaction as to a live action Ahsoka Tano, yeah. so they can see if a movie would play out. No, no, I'm sad. I want Rebels to come back. That was well, a great show. on that note, in just a few weeks, we're going to begin our new Star Wars Rebels Revisited Perfect. podcast Perfect. and YouTube show, and we get to revisit all of the, the Star Wars Rebels episodes, one by one, all over again. How awesome is that? <laughs> okay. Last uh, hot take. Mark Hamill talks episode nine, script security. Hmm. I read this one, too. Uh, this is a quote um, from... 
Mark Hamill in a Variety uh, article. Uh, Variety, again. Uh, which means it's definitely um, it's being legit. put out by by Disney and Lucasfilm because Variety's their their mouthpiece when it comes to official news. Um, I remember back when I read the first Star Wars script, I was like, "Wow, that's the goofiest thing I've ever read." I gave it to my best friend to read, and I, <laughs> and I said, "What do you think of it?" He said, "It's really wild. It's crazy. Can I give it to Meredith?" Sure, go ahead. <laughs> I went around to all my friends. Of course, back then nobody cared. Nowadays, it's like working. For some secret deep state government organization, <laughs> like being in the CIA, they're going to send rewrites over to Prague. Where he's filming a, another show right now. Wow. Um, rewrites over to Prague on this dark red paper that gives you a headache to read because you can't <laughs> photocopy it. Because when you photocopy dark red paper with writing on it, it all turns black when you photocopy it. Huh. So, what do you think are the chances of uh, now? So, obviously, this is all about how much security they're putting on the script and the story of episode nine. They did an amazing job in episode eight. Everybody was shocked. Yeah. My question uh, now, and if you guys have listened to this podcast, listeners, you you've heard me say I was completely spoiled for the Force Awakens. I knew the entire storyline before when I sat down and started watching. I got two minutes into the movie. I was so disappointed because I knew I was going exactly down the path of this crazy theory that I thought had no chance of being true was the entire script um i don't think that we had that for the last jedi i don't know of anybody that got spoiled like that for the last jedi the question is what do you think the chances are of the plot of episode nine leaking sam oh from what i'm hearing and as good as they kept it for the last jedi because we knew nothing about that um yeah i think that there's no way it's gonna get leaked okay bb nate well, yeah, I don't think there's going to be any way it could be leaked. Um, like you said, if you copy the red paper, it turns black, so nobody can, like, steal the script and then mm. try to... I mean, they could read it and then put it out, but <laughs> nobody's going to believe them. Like, well, hey, I got the mm. episode 9 script, yeah. but yeah, I just don't think that it's yeah. going to ever get leaked. Yeah, I mean, I think that what is leaked, air quotes here, is leaked on purpose. Okay. I think that if something is leaked, Disney specifically let it slip out to kind of uh, hype up the movie a little bit. You know, I think that... I think they did that a little bit with The Last Jedi. I think they leaked a few things here and there to just kind of amp up the hype or whatever. I th- I, I remember they did a lot with um, Solo. I can't give a specific instance, but I know they did that a lot. So I think if something is leaked from this movie, it's on purpose. Okay. Cool. Do you think that people are going to be able to guess anything that's going to happen in Episode Nine? Probably like general storyline stuff. It's probably going to all be resolved at the end, and it's going to sort of be happy and just general stuff like that. But I don't think anything major, like say Luke dying or something to that effect. No. Well, let's see. Let's see if we can guess (laughs) some things. Because this weekend is the one year anniversary of the most controversial Star Wars film of all time. That is true. At least that's my opinion. Um, It also marks one year from when we will get the conclusion of the Skywalker saga in the as of yet unnamed episode 9. It's going to be called Fractured Hope. Ooh, that's actually a pretty decent time. There you go, Nate. Yeah, I go. like that. Fractured Hope. All right. Tonight, <laughs> you're going to look back at The Last Jedi or tomorrow, today. Or whenever Monday, you're listening to this. Saturday. Maybe. <laughs> whatever day of the week it is. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, let's just, right now on this episode, uh, we're going to look back at The Last Jedi and give our predictions for what we will believe will happen a year from now. All with a little help from our Patreon friends. <sighs> Rebellions are built on hope, 
If you live long enough, you see the same eyes in different people. I find your lack of faith disturbing. So, um, let's see, today's the 13th, right? December 13th, right. when we're recording this, when it goes to our Patreon supporters, it's December 15th, mm-hmm. which was the day that we saw The Last Jedi, right? Because it came out December 16th, and we saw it the evening the before. The day before, yeah. yeah the, 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 the premiere, whatever that thing was. Yeah. So, um... Uh, my question, I'll start with you, Samuel LaHutt. Mm-hmm. How was, uh, has your opinion on The Last Jedi changed at all over the last year? I would say, yeah. Okay, explain. Yeah, I mean, I feel like over time and over the year and, you know, reading people's thoughts on it, listening to podcasts, etc., etc., I feel like I've appreciated it. I've learned to appreciate it even more. Okay. Uh, I mean, I guess... I don't so know, you enjoyed it from the beginning. Let's right. just set the record, like, a baseline. Oh, yeah. I you always, loved it. It was one of your favorite movies. Well, the first time I watched it, I wasn't quite sure. And then the second time, I just... It was, like... It became my favorite. Okay. Um, but over time, I've only learned to appreciate it even more. Uh, just, you know, today, um, I listened to Coffee with Kenobi's Top 5 Things. And they talked so much about the mythology behind oh, it. Oh, I know. It was awesome. And it was amazing. And it's funny because I was, I'm was i reading the Star Wars psycho- this, uh, Psychology of Star Wars book, and they were talking about the uh, Ray's ego. Mm. And like, and I'm reading this, and they're talking about Carl Jung, uh, the, the psychologist, and all the different aspects. I mean, and they talked about um, the book A Hero with a Thousand Faces. They talked about it in this book. And I'm just like listening to it, and I'm like, whoa, this is crazy you know it's a lot more than just laser swords and blasters and spaceships right i'm reading the book before i even listened to this the the podcast today i'm reading the book and i'm you know they're going through all the different characters and what they would be in um carl jung i don't know if it's carl but uh jung's uh whatever the word is and i'm like oh man luke in the last jedi is this and you know ray is this and it, it was just so interesting and i'm like wow Ryan Johnson really put a lot of work, not just, you know, the story, but the mythology behind it. And I'm not even sure that it was on purpose, like he specifically read um, A Hero with a Thousand Faces or something like that. Because a lot of the aspects of that, you know, like the the characters and the um, themes are just so ingrained in human nature that they probably just automatically fit into the, mood, to the story when he was writing it that he may not have even known it. I, I mean, it's just it was so it was so cool to read it like that and and to see those connections in the movie. That's awesome. What did you think? Do you, do you, BB Nate, has your opinion about the last Jedi changed at all over this last year? No. Okay. No. You loved it like a lot. Like I did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. I always have like a top three movies. Like I always think about it. And last Jedi and Solo. Solo. Yes, yeah, is now my favorite movie, <laughs> probably. But. Last Jedi and Solo were so good, but Last Jedi was just... I thought it was a visually stunning movie, the story was amazing, and I just overall enjoyed it, and nothing has really changed that for me. And it had Turbis in it. And it did. That's true, that's true. And, and I listened to the same Coffee to Kenobi 
as well, but all their honorable mentions had to do with porgs. I know. The porgs are very <laughs> Well, very each person had a porg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. So, what do you guys love about The Last Jedi, specifically? Well, I mean, I, I touched on it a lot in the my you know my opinion, but it was the mythology behind it and the the classic storytelling uh, that went into it and the characters. Um, so I think that's what appealed to me. I mean, yes, there were amazing fight scenes. Yes, the end with um, Kylo and Luke was awesome. You know, there was all that, and that's all great, and I love that. But the the complexity of the story, and you know, I've. I can understand it more now. I think that's that's probably why I love Last Jedi and the fact that it it feels darker than most of the other Star Wars films. Mm. I mean, Empire was pretty dark, let's be honest. But I feel like this was just had a, a, a like it left you with like this overwhelming like eerie feeling. You're like, geez, the the entire Resistance fits on the Millennium Falcon. The Republic's gone. The First Order's pretty much just taking over however much they want because there's no resistance, um, pun intended. Uh, so it's just, like, hopeless. You know, so that, I, I just enjoy that. It's not a happy ending. So I think awesome. that's, that's one of the things I like about it. Why do you love it? I mean, you talked about visually and, and the storyline and stuff like that. Anything else you, BB Nate, that you could think of that, that's a why you like this movie so much? I don't know, but I think that Ryan Johnson... I think he was expecting the backlash. Really? I think he was, because he took some bold decisions, and I think those bold decisions he knew would come with consequences uh, from at least a good amount of fans. And so I thought it was just the kind of bravery of Ryan Johnson putting out this this type of movie. He could have just gone low and make everybody happy with the movie, but no. We could have had... Luke showing up yeah. with a laser there, sword, yeah. pulling down a star destroyer from the sky, and all that. Yeah, kind of stuff. but yeah. he didn't do that. He went with the darker, grittier. The like Sammy said, the eerie feeling you left without out of the theater, um, and he just wanted you to feel hopeless for the resistance when you mm-hmm. got off. Yeah, I saw this comic strip. I'm, I'm, I think I've saved it to my phone. Of you know, how fans, I don't know exactly how they did it. It was very, it was, it was completely satire, but it was like, you know, Luke, uh, was this awesome Jedi, had this awesome fight with Kylo, you know, killed Kylo, killed, had this awesome duel with Snoke. You know, Snoke was Darth Plagueis' father. Uh, Han Solo was okay. Finn's a force, force sensitive. Holdo and Rose aren't even there. I mean, it's just got all these things that, like, it was like a perfect, at the end, they all like, what an amazing story where it all worked out fine and everyone was happy at the end. You know, totally making, poking fun at the way the fans reacted and what they wanted from it. And it's brilliant. And This movie is brilliant. Right. This, this, and the comic was, was the, the comic strip. The satire. Of this the satire. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I want to show you after the, the episode. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's just like you were saying, it was very brave, but he didn't do any of it like... Like he was off on on his own, had complete free will, no um, accountability. You know, there was he was being checked by J.J. Abrams, Kathleen Kennedy. I think George Lucas showed up once or twice to to help him out. So it's not like it was had just dinner with Ryan Johnson. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, George did, but it's he made those decisions with Lucasfilm, completely knowing that he was making those deci- those bold decisions. So yeah, I I think that that's. Well, that's good. Anyway, <laughs> I think that 
Yes, Ryan Johnson. I think he had a good amount of free will. And they let... And they've said that. And they did. And they let Lord and Miller have a good amount of free will. Yeah, but what you do with that, with great freedom comes great responsibility, too. Yeah. So. <laughs> like, they ran it past Kathleen... Lord and Miller ran it past Kathleen Kennedy, and Kathleen Kennedy was like, no. Yeah. And she declined it. I feel like Ryan Johnson had a good amount of free will put in the movie, and she's like, okay, this is going to be a great movie. Yeah. So I think that the reason that you know what the things that you're talking about with the storyline, the choice, the ch- the risks that that Ryan Johnson took, BB Nate that you talked about, and Samuel the Hutt, what you talked about with the mythology and the uh, and all of that, you know, for those of us in Star Wars fandom that see Star Wars as more than just spaceship, laser sword, blaster, the aliens. You know, that kind of stuff. But see this as mythology. I think that group loves this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the group that looks for, wants Luke Skywalker to go out with a laser sword and take on the First Order by himself. Right. They're the ones that have a problem with this movie because it's not that way. Um, right. It's moving forward. It's, it's, it's a very, this could, this could come across the wrong way. Um, but it's a very mature storyline. I'm not meaning to say that people who want laser swords and starfighters and, and all that are immature. Um, cause I love that stuff. You know, I love like the, the force unleashed game, which and is we kind of went into the last Jedi, like, man, he's going to pull down a star right. destroyer with, from the sky and, and he's going to come with Ray and take on the first order. And, right. I mean, we wanted all that. stuff. Absolutely. And I love that stuff, but I feel like the story is what we needed. It was a mature, it really developed, um, the sequel trilogy, uh, where it should go. It wasn't this, the force awakens is great, but it didn't have a super deep s- storyline. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that this, with its mature storyline, was what we needed at this point. It needed to to really set the tone of the sequel trilogy so that way we, they can finish it up strong. So that's that's what I think. BB Nate, why do you think that The Last Jedi is so divisive? Mm. <laughs> People went into it with the mindset um, like we did. And they came out not accepting the fact that that's what we got. No, we, not, yeah. Well, the last Jedi is right. what we got. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, f- and it's not wrong if you didn't grasp that. I just say some people were really vocal about it, and it started to get the fan base stirring. Hmm. And so the people that really did enjoy it. Um, so then you sort of they, you had two separate camps that yeah. dug their heels in, yeah, have been digging their heels effect. in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And with the fact is, it's not wrong. I mean, you can have your opinion. Nobody's bashing you for that. But bashing the director and an actress in it, it's just it's not the right thing to do. We all have to accept the fact that The Last Jedi was directed by Ryan Johnson, and Ryan Johnson was the one who made it how it was. Mm-hmm. And this is the story we got, mm-hmm, whether yeah. or not you like it. And I feel like The Force Awakens kind of was. We got laser swords. We got to destroy a Death Star. We got we <laughs> got everything that we wanted from The Last Jedi put into The Force Awakens. And then The Last Jedi is like, okay, you got that stuff. Now let's give you the good story that, you, that some people may mm. be wanting. That's good. So... Hmm. 
Yeah, it's like playtime's over. Let's let's yeah. get to the to the real stuff. Not there, trying to discredit GG. No, 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 no. Yeah. no. Is there anything um, that you would change about the last gen? I guess mm, two things. <laughs> Turbis. You wouldn't have. Turbis I want Turbis like to be confirmed in it. Like someone says his name in it. Oh, so we just that's like you want to retcon right the Turbis right? Thing. Okay. Um. Jeez. Oh, and I want the village deleted scene put back in the movie. Yes. Ah, uh, the third lesson. Mm. Yeah, I really want that. Was that. that was the caretakers. Mm-hmm. It's actually a really good one. What about you, BB Nate? I agree. I want that village scene back in. But I kind of also want the fact that I want I kind of want DJ to be more how we see him in the end. I feel like we do see him in the jail and we see him to be all nice and then we see him to be all zippity doo dah and then he goes and turns his betrayal onto Rose and Finn. And that part was a DJ that I kind of wanted. I wanted the person who was writing both lines and kind of dipped his toe into the other pool for a little bit. I wanted him to be not kind. I wanted him to be forceful. I wanted him to kind of teach Finn and Rose a lot of, like, life lessons that would happen to... And he knew that he was going to put that stuff on to Finn and Rose. I wanted a better development for DJ. I just don't think we're going to get him anymore. And they could have done... I mean, I love The Last Jedi, and I love what they did with DJ. I just felt like they could have done so much more with this character. That's cool. I, if there was anything that I would change about it, it's. I think that this could have changed the entire narrative for a lot of the people that were frustrated with The Last Jedi. Because when this moment happens, and I'll explain it the moment in a second, but I'll set the table with this. When this moment happens towards the very beginning of the movie, so many fans of the series, the original trilogy, they went completely off the rails and they hated what happened and it set the table in their mind for them to not like this movie and everything that was going forward. And that's when Luke throws the lightsaber over his shoulder. I love the fact that he rejects the lightsaber and I would not change that. I think that just something as simple, and I think Ryan Johnson, if you got him alone with a couple scotches in him, <laughs> sitting in a bar somewhere, that bar that he left to go to after right. he dropped that hot take on our on our Twitter feed a few weeks ago, if we we're sitting in that bar with Ryan and we were asking him if you could go back and change the way that Luke handled the lightsaber in that opening scene, would you? I think he he would say he would. Not even give it back. You were saying you know like you're like motioning give it back to Ray. Mm-hmm. You remember the end of the Return of the Jedi. Uh, he's go. He's going off on Vader, right? Because Vader says, "Oh, your sister Leia," and and he gets into this battle, and he's like taking. He cuts off Vader's arm, and you hear the, the, the is Vader smoking. His costumes over. His his armor's overheating, and the Emperor is cackling in the back, and he stops, and he realizes where he's at, and he dis he disengages the lightsaber, and he just sort of sideways tosses it down, right. If he did that at the beginning of The Last Jedi, mimicked that exact move where he just tossed it to the side, 
in the same mannerism, I think it would have brought people's memory back to that moment. Mm-hmm. And they would have been okay with what he was doing. Yeah. They'd have been, why did he do that? Because mm-hmm. we've seen this before. Instead, I think over the shoulder felt flippant. It felt it felt wrong for some fans. Yeah, it felt like he was like he didn't care. Like it was disrespectful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To the Jedi versus what he did. He chose to let lay down the lightsaber mm-hmm. in Return of the Jedi for the greater good, mm-hmm. right? And instead of him doing... He was doing that in The Last Jedi. Right. But it didn't come across that way. Because he threw it over his shoulder. We needed it to feel that. Alright, so let's move into episode 9. Okay? So let's... It's a year out. We don't have a title. We haven't seen a single image. We don't have any information. And this is why it's fun. Because we're a year out and we can do some speculating. And the the reality is we're going to go rock. So what I did was... Our Patreon supporters are absolutely amazing. We absolutely love all of you guys. Uh, The gift uh, that we've been promising, it's in the mail. Uh, It's on the way. Some of you that live in Australia and in in England and Switzerland. Switzerland and stuff it may take a little bit longer to get there but uh, we it's the, sorry we were at the post office and we asked about how long it would get to Australia it's, they said about a week oh so well, that's good you should, you should all still get it before Christmas perfect okay so um, yeah so it's on it's way uh, but we reached out to you guys on Patreon this week and we gave you some prompts of things uh, to, to consider as far as could these things happen in episode 9 and you guys responded unbelievably well I am so excited to read some of these and we're going to ask the uh, Sam and Nate, I'm going to ask you guys these questions. Um, actually, let's do this. Let's go through those questions really quickly right now. Just sh- short, one, two-sentence answers, because we've got a lot that we want to hear from mm. our Patreon supporters, and I think it's going to be fun. But um, I want to get your opinion before you hear theirs, because I don't want them to influence you. <laughs> All right, so, BB Nate, what type of lightsaber will Ray have in Episode Nine? Um, I think she's going to try to rebuild the one Luke's, Anakin's, and... I think she's gonna try to rebuild that, and what's her, it gonna be like, though? Ooh, maybe she'll. Sorry, what's it gonna be like? Maybe she'll be the first Jedi with a double bladed lightsaber. Uh, okay. Oh, um, maybe it has like that crackled look, like Kylo's. Cause yeah. Crystal. Anyway, no, that's not what I think it'll happen. I think she'll either have a double bladed lightsaber or like one of those um, saber pikes that you see. That would be cool because it's very similar to a staff, like what she's used to. Um, but that's that's kind of what I think, Sean. Okay. Right, sorry. <laughs> Will a ma- I'll go back to you, Sam. Will a major character die, and if so, which? <sighs> I don't want it, but I think Leia. Okay. BB Nate. I feel like they don't kill off really anybody. Um, I know you may be seeing like, hey, that's going to please all the fans, but I don't think they kill off Leia especially. Um, I feel like they try to leave it off with her. Being alive, kind of a homage to Carrie Fisher's always alive. Homage. She's always in our hearts. Mm-hmm. We love the princess. Will this be the last we see, BB Nate, of the Millennium Falcon? No, I think that we're going to go with a Lando movie, if we have a standing alone movie of Lando. <laughs> well, I'm talking can... about chron- chronologically. Chron- so after, like, the time frame of episode nine, you can go back with Donald Glover and do a, a Millennium Falcon. Uh, scene with him, but I'm talking about, is the Millennium Falcon going to be destroyed in Episode 9? I probably... I think so. I think they should. (laughs) No, I don't think you do that. I think you you keep it. It's just, it's so iconic, and yeah, no, you don't do that. I would cry. Are we getting any Force Ghosts and who? Samuel the Hutt? Luke and or 
Darth Vader and or Anakin. Because you, you you listen to previous podcasts where I I, I, I do the whole Anakin versus Vader Kylo okay. Ren and confrontation. I think that that should happen. Anyway, BB Nate. Um, I do want to see Anakin's Force Ghost in here. I really think that that'd be a good idea to just put him in there. Um, maybe set some of the fans right, which we kind of need right now. We need the fan base to come back together. And if you do Hayden Christensen, it kind of like uh, pleases, for lack of a better word, um, the uh, prequel fans. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll save the last question for the end. Okay. 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 But we're going to go ahead and play. We actually had one of our amazing Patreon supporters actually send in an audio oh. response uh, to this. This is Bradley Hall. Bradley is an amazing guy. Love him. One of our Patreon supporters since almost the very beginning. And Bradley sends in audio clips like this to so many of the Commonwealth podcasts. Um, he's an awesome guy. And here is what Bradley had to say to our questions. Hey, Tatooine Sons. Bradley here with the predictions that y'all have uh, put out there on episode nine. Um, you know, I haven't given it too much thought, I guess, because we're still a whole year away. And, um, you know, I kind of like to uh, jump in this pool of water. Uh, actually, I don't like to jump into a pool of water when it comes to Star Wars. I like to kind of wade in, kind of go in slow. Um kind of ramp up as we get closer and so i don't try to get too excited when i know we're so far out still unfortunately um i have to admit it's kind of sad this season that we don't have a star wars movie to look forward to that we would actually be going to in just a matter of a few days but nonetheless you know we're getting another Star Wars movie within a year, so I'm not complaining about that. And, uh, you know, we've already got to see an awesome Star Wars movie in Solo, uh, you know, earlier this year. So, you know, all things are good. Nothing to complain about. So let me give you some answers to some of the questions that you put out there. Um, I believe the first question was, what type of lightsaber will Ray have? Man... My heart tells me that she's going to take the kyber crystal and she's just going to make a conventional um, lightsaber from that kyber crystal, from Luke's old lightsaber. Um, What I'd like to see happen, which is boring, is her just reconstruct Luke's lightsaber. You know, it's back the way it was. Another possibility is that she uses her staff in some way, parts from it, to construct a new lightsaber from that kyber crystal. In all the possibilities, I don't see her wasting the kyber crystal. I see her using it and carrying it forward um, in whatever way. So that's my answer on that one. Um, The next one is, will a major character die? If so, which? Definitely a major character is going to die. As far as which character that would be, I'm going to say I'm going to put my money on Ben. I think he's going to die, but they're going to do it in such a way where it's kind of like Vader. You kind of have sympathy for him. You feel for him. You have compassion for him. And however J.J.'s going to do it, somehow he's going to... Um, you know, have him killed off, but killed off in a way where he's redeemed some way. And I know it's a repeat of Return of the Jedi. You know, I hope it doesn't go that way. I hope 
I hope I'm completely wrong with all of this, but I just have a feeling that's um, that's how it's going to go down. I don't think any of our main characters like Finn or you know even uh, I think Rose is going to be a main character. Um, uh, obviously, Ray. And then Poe, I don't think any of those, Chewbacca, none of them are going to die. I don't think either one of the droids are going to die, um, even though I know a lot of people would like to see C-3PO bite the dust, but I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, personally, I wouldn't mind seeing Hux, you know, go. Um, I just, I don't, his character doesn't grab me. And then if some crazy reason Phasma comes back, I hope she dies. So uh, that's my answer on that one. Will this be the last we see of the Millennium Falcon? No, it's not going to be the last we're going to see of the Millennium Falcon. It's Nothing's going to happen to it. So it'll be there to the end. Um, and I almost I almost kind of consider that as a character as, as well. Um, anytime we see it on screen, you know, we, we, we're drawn to it like we are our, our main characters. Um, are we going to get any Force Ghost and who? Yes, we're going to get Force Ghost in this movie, but I think it's just going to be uh, Luke Skywalker. That's the only Force Ghost we're going to get. Even though I'd love to see an Anakin Force Ghost, just for the sake of it, um, uh, Yoda would be cool again. But you know, we got our Yoda in, in the Last Jedi, and, and that was perfect and poetic. And uh, you know, I'm. I'm 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 good with that. And ben would be cool, but I don't know how they'd pull that off, or why they would even have him come back as a Force Ghost. So, yeah, to me, Luke makes the most sense, and that's the one we're going to see. And will J.J. Abrams make Turbis Cannon? Um, will he, will he make Turbis Cannon? So, uh, so I guess the question you're asking is, will we see? A porg in there and then that porg be referenced as turbus and i'm going to say no i, th- I think if they if and when they ever do uh, make turbus canon it's going to be done in a much subtle way it's not going to be done on the big screen per se so it's going to be in maybe like in a tv show or most likely in the comics is is my personal opinion on that unfortunately i know y'all don't like hearing this and i am uh, Please don't hold it against me, but I don't think uh, J.J. will make a Tervis Cannon. So there you have it, guys. There's my answers to your pressing Star Wars questions for Episode 9. Hope y'all have fun with them. Hope uh, y'all have a good week. And I hope y'all have a Merry Christmas. And may the Force be with you guys, always. Talk to y'all later. Bye. Thank you, Bradley. What did you guys think about Bradley's answers? Oh, it makes sense. I th- I pretty much agree with all of them. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd agree with most of them. Maybe not the major character dying part, but otherwise, yeah, I think I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, as to the lightsaber idea, I think he kind of hit it where I was going. I think he was maybe referring to her disassembling her uh, staff and using it to make just a normal lightsaber. But what I want to see is she's basically got two kyber crystals right now, right? Maybe she has well, one and one, one, one that's split, right? But it could sort of be considered two. Maybe you have one in one end of the staff, one in the other end of the staff, and she's got this cool, like weird. I don't know. I would like to see that because it would be true to her original self on Jakku and her new Jedi self. And it would just look cool. Um, <laughs> I I agree with you. I feel like that she's 
I feel like she'd be used to her staff being like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's her character. She makes stuff out of weird stuff that she finds and salvages. That's she true. She salvages yeah, a she lot does of stuff. Do that a lot, yeah. And so she salvages a kyber crystal, makes it, puts it into her staff, and then makes two lightsabers. That mm. would be very true to be so cool. who he is. I, I don't know if, um, again, I re- we reference The Force Unleashed a lot, but there's a Jedi, um, or an ex council member um, that you fight in early on in the Force Unleashed. I can't remember his name. I think it's like Praxis or something like that. Praxis. But he's got a saber pike. Okay. Um, it's not a double-ended saber pike, though. So I want Ray's to be like a double-ended saber that would pike. Be cool. That would be cool. Anyway, that's awesome. Alright, so let's read some of these answers from our Patreon uh, amazing supporters. We have Rob, Roberto Moreno. He's our guy in Switzerland. Switzerland. Yep. And uh, he's one of our Jedi Council members, so thank you uh, at our $25 level. He goes, all right, here we go. You guys ready for this? I love I loved these answers. Uh, what type of lightsaber will Ray have? I hope, and I know I'm not alone with this, that Ray makes a double-bladed lightsaber because she knows how to handle long weapons like her staff in The Force Awakens. I really want to see a light side hero wielding Maul's trademark weapon. Yeah. If I remember correctly, Krell from The Clone Wars is the only other canon figure wielding a double-bladed lightsaber, Right. Well, not uh, the Jedi Temple Guards and Rebels, though. Oh, that's true. Yeah. There are a lot in Legends, but almost nobody in canon. But that's true. They do, the, in the Rebels, they, they do. Mm-hmm. Another thing I can imagine is Ray experimenting a bit and maybe constructing something custom-made, like a lightsaber staff or similar. Seems to be a theme we're getting here. Uh, Even Ezra constructed a unique lightsaber in Rebels. That suited how he was, what he was used to. Right. As for the color, I think J.J. will mirror Return of the Jedi and give Rey a green lightsaber. But hmm. I personally am hoping to see a yellowish-orange blade mirroring her origins on the swan, sand-swept dunes of Jakku. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's what I was thinking. It's not using the old crystal, though. He doesn't no. think they'll use it. Well, I mean, you never know. Interesting. Because the colors change. Only if you bleed it like a Sith. We'll see. Maybe we have new new information. And I don't know. That's true. Will a major character die? If so, which? Yes, I think a major character will die. I'm rooting for the Bowtie Jedi guy's idea <laughs> about Rey giving her life to redeem Ben Solo. But I'm still not sure if that's the way they'll go with Episode 9. And I think it's unlikely that Ben, redeemed or not, makes it out of 9 alive. Interesting. Okay. Will this be the last we see of the Millennium Falcon? Uh, interesting question. The Falcon has gone through some pretty rough times. Watching the, in my opinion, fantastically orchestrated Kessel run this past <laughs> spring was fun, but also excruciatingly painful because I loved <laughs> Lando's shiny Falcon. It made me think about how much longer the fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy will hold together. I think one of the many, one of the, for many fans, painful themes of the sequel trilogy is about letting the past go or die, to quote Ben Solo. We say goodbye to the old trio of heroes and perhaps the Falcon as well. It would be painful to see the Falcon making its final flight, but I would welcome such dramatic turns of events in the trilogy's finale. You guys don't like that one at Mm-mm. all. Sammy's like Mm-mm. shaking his head until his Mm-mm. ears are, are spinning. Mm-mm. Not a fan of that. Mm-mm. I think it's going to happen. Just so you know. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, didn't JJ? Or are we getting force ghosts? Uh, fo- are we getting force ghosts? <laughs> are we getting any force ghosts? And who? Didn't JJ talk about ties to the prequel trilogy in episode nine? Ah. I'm on board with so many other fans wanting to see Hayden Christensen as a force ghost. Honey, man. Um, Anakin Yoda in the TLJ was a heartwarming surprise for me, and I think there's a fair chance of more force ghosts in episode nine. Anakin appearing to Kylo Ren, perhaps at Vader's castle ruins on Mustafar. 
oh, maybe instead of my theory might just change. Maybe instead of it being like Vader's helmet and like part of Luke's lightsaber or something on one side, maybe it's- Kylo goes to Vader's castle. That's where Vader's like spirit resides or whatever because that's sort of where Moment was, I think, right? Anyway, yeah, and then Luke and, uh, yeah, and they're doing Anakin's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're doing a lot with um, that castle. Remember, he constri- yeah. in the comics. If you haven't read the comics, just go read them. I'm not spoiling anything too much. In the comics, he constructed it to bring Padme's spirit back. Yeah, and also they have been touching on Vader's castle a lot, especially in the comics. Like Tales from Vader's Castle was yeah. a Halloween um, theme, cop yeah. theme yeah. this yeah. year. They just came out with a Lego set of it. Which I want. <laughs> uh, we'll come back to the. Uh, will, will he make turbots? All right, so let's go to Emily. Emily's our, our newest um, uh, Patreon supporter. Mm-hmm. She actually uh, she listens to this with her her family, um, and they 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 enjoy our podcast. And uh, we are going to wish a Merry Christmas to her dad, Tom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hoffman, um, and uh, hopefully he, I'm not spoiling anything too much. But she became our Patreon supporter at the ten dollar a month sticker of the cl- m- month club level starting for January, so that she can give her dad the sticker every month because that's a that's a part of his that's Christmas cool. gift. So that's, cool. that's pretty cool. We love that. Uh, this is a quite long, but all right, some responsible speculating ahead. She says for starter. Oh, we'll come back to that one. Um, anyways, here's to hoping General Hugs dies. <laughs> Wow. Um, as for other characters, while Ray dying to sacrifice herself to redeem Kylo Ren would be powerful and cathartic and incredibly moving, cathartic. I have also thought that Leia will somehow be the one that dies and her death will serve as a catalyst or motivation for the Resistance Rebellion and for her son. The only thing holding me back on this is the fact that Carrie Fisher is gone. I think that they intended originally for her to die in this. But I think that they're struggling with making that happen now because they wanted it to be done a certain way, and they can't. So they're going to keep her alive. But that's just my own opinion. Um, let's see. I'm skipping through some stream of consciousness. I don't think Lucasfilm Disney wants to make Return of the Jedi 2. So this trilogy's conclusion has to end differently. I think that it would be powerful to not only have Kylo Ren redeemed, but to also have him live, live and be forgiven, like the prodigal son returning hmm. home. Interesting. Um, when we get to March, I think our theme for our Patreon podcast is redemption. And I think we're going to be talking a lot about that idea. I would also love to see a council of force ghosts with Oda, with Oda, with Anakin, Yoda, Obi-Wan and Luke, but we'll see. That's probably my prediction. Sure to go wrong. You guys think that we'd have a council of force ghosts, kind of the, the, the ending of return of the Jedi relaunched with, uh, Adam, Luke in there. But Luke wasn't on the council. <laughs> Neither was uh, Anakin. Well, he was Anakin was mas- wasn't a master, but he is granted a seat on the council. That's true. Now I've got this weird image of my head in, in my head of this weird. All right, we might be getting a little biblical here, but I'm not meaning for it to happen. There's this like celestial group of like force ghosts. Like throughout the ages, and they like are constantly watching what's happening in the universe, and they're like seeing if it's going right or not. And you like, and they it's getting weird. Probably not going to happen, but it's sort of like I'm getting the vibe of like World Between Worlds sort of thing, but with like the Force Ghosts and it's this weird council that they're like seeing what happens. You know, maybe you got Qui Gon. I don't know. It sounds it's weird. Like in the Bible, it touches on. 
like a, a the divine council. the divine council Psalm eighty two First Kings right. twenty two some of that something yeah. like that but not to that extent and you, you know what I mean I you, do, you see I where I'm coming from right that's not how the force works Obi Wan's just looking at a map of all the planets Caminos it could be right here I knew it was there all right I don't know it's prediction sure to go wrong but that would be kind of cool so John Gregory John we are praying for you you've been going through some hard times family situations health situations we want you to know that we are praying for you and keep keep strong buddy he responded I want to I want and hope for a double bladed green to give a resemblance of her staff seems to be a common theme yeah and the force awakens I think realistically she'll only have a single blue saber unless they want to shadow Luke getting a new color like in Return of the Jedi he says a major character will die Um, he thinks it's going to be Hux would like to see him flip sides and try to take Kylo on only to try to flip back and take control of the first order and be killed as a result, <laughs> yeah, that, that I want to see that fight. Yeah, Just I think this choke him out. Uh, I think this will be the last time that we see the Millennium Falcon as it will get destroyed, <sighs> and that's basically a major character death as well. He said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. What was uh? What was and that? right after, Solo, are we going to get we... any Force Ghosts? Oh yeah, he says. Yeah, yes, all of them. No questions asked. <laughs> um, with that, and then uh, we'll talk about that one uh, next. Uh, then Eric, another one of our new power, uh, su- supporters, um, he thinks uh, we're getting a double bladed lightsaber, um, but it will be blue. Hmm. Can't be blue, he thinks, because. That would rip off. Or it can't be green, he thinks, because it would rip off Return of the Jedi. Um, he likes my idea of Ray sacrificing herself to save Ben Solo, but doesn't expect it to happen. Wait until I give my theory here at the end here, Eric. Um, mm. At the end. Um, Finn had a chance to sacrifice himself at the th- end of The Last Jedi. He's not going to die now. Mm. Um, Poe. I don't see if he's... I don't see if he is killed off to be that impactful of a story to the story. And I don't think, Mm -hmm. um, as I don't think he'll be running the resistance or rebellion. I don't know. So, Ah. uh, Leia, do you kill off the character with what's happened in the real world? I think that's the issue. Do you leave her alive and allow her to live happily ever after? Kylo has to live for the purpose of having a Skywalker in episode 10 in 10 to 20 years. Once Benioff (laughs) and Weiss and Ryan Johnson have finished their series. And that leaves Captain Phasma will return to die again. This is a theme. Return to die again? (laughs) I think a major character will die. Just not sure. Uh, Didn't answer it. Millennium Falcon. Chewie and Lando could go out in a blaze of glory to save everyone else, sacrificing themselves and the Falcon. But we have new characters to replace the legacy characters. No new ship to replace the Falcon. So he doesn't think that's going to happen. Definitely thinks Luke will be in there um, as a Force ghost. And uh, we won't. We'll, we will come back to the last question. All right, uh, Peter got his in literally about two minutes before we started recording tonight. Sorry, I'm probably too late for this, but nope, you're right on time, Pete. Um, I think we'll see Ray with a new white saber, hmm. like Ahsoka Tano. Interesting. Like she bleeds the saber, or start, you know something has to happen with the late saber. The, she has the, to heal it again. Yeah, heal yeah. it. That's what it is. Not Luke or anyone else's. Yes, definite. That some characters would get killed off. Everybody wants Hux to die. Pete yeah, wants Hux to die. DJ, he wants him to come back just to die. Uh, <laughs> what is it? People wanting people to come back just so they can kill him off. I know. Uh, Luke's Force Ghost is going to be there, of course, but also he thinks Yoda and Obi Wan is what he's going to do. Not him, though. Yeah. And then uh, we'll come back to that one. And here's Carlos. Okay, we'll come back. I'll read Carlos's and then I'm going to go back. Carlos Candido, um, uh, one of the uh, hosts of T- uh, Tumbling Saber. He's one of our Patreon supporters. Um, he's an awesome guy. What type of lightsaber will he will Ray have? Reading the news this past week they re- that Ray has forged the Skywalker lightsaber has dampened my original thought that she 
would wield a double-sided lightsaber. Now I believe that it will be a single blade, but the blade now crackles. Ah, there we go. Like Kylo's red lightsaber. Will the major character die other than Leia, who I believe it is an inevitable to become one with the Force. I think there is a big chance that Poe Dameron may sacrifice himself in the hmm. penultimate battle to preserve the Rebellion. Keep in mind, Lando isn't a major character in this trilogy. He might go to. He's going to try to kill off Lando. <laughs> really, he's just coming back. Uh, will this be the last we see of the Falcon? If Lando bites it while piloting the Falcon, then I would say yes. But I don't think we will lose the Falcon in Episode Nine. The Falcon lives. I know that this would be like going back to Return of the Jedi, but I would love to see Lando lose the uh, satellite dish on top of the Millennium Falcon again. Oh, that'd that be would awesome. be cool. That'd Are we getting any Force Ghosts? We'll obviously get Force Ghosts Luke, he says. But other than that, I believe it's a strong possibility that we get a family reunion with Luke, Leia, and Anakin at the end of the film. Oh, That'd be awesome. Well, how would they how would they do that with the limited footage they've got? I don't know. We'll have to see it. All right. So the last question, which we haven't had anybody answer yet, is will they make Turbis Cannon in episode nine? We're gonna have BB Nate goes last, so you go. Sammy Lett. <laughs> oh, um Will they make it canon in episode nine? Uh, realistically, no. Would I absolutely love it? And I'd probably like pee my pants in, in the theater when I saw it? Yeah, I would. I would love that, but it's it's not. It's probably not going to happen. <laughs> what about you, BB Nate? The, I, the, I the the man that named him. Well, of course he's going to. You think it's definitely oh, going to oh, happen? Oh yeah, it's gonna. Is this just like you trying to, to speak Which positivity, <laughs> positivity into the into the ethos yeah. here? All right, so here's our answers. Uh, we already heard uh, Bradley's Roberto. He says Turbis will be canon. Will it happen in episode nine? Hopefully. What I'm sure of is that Turbis will be identified as such in the wave of books, comics, etc., which are being released together with episode nine. Or, and this is a thought I only just conceived. What if Turbis gets a name drop in Resistance as the events will overlap and go beyond The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi? Not sure where and when Turbis's canonization happens, but I know it will happen. And when it does, I can't contain myself and shout and, and cry in utter joy and satisfaction. <laughs> well, that's pretty great. Oh, that's awesome. Emily. Uh, let's see, where's Emily? Emily. For starters, she started her answer with this. That's why I just gave it. For starters, yes, Turbis will be canon, and it will be glorious. He will redeem Kylo Ren Ben Solo, and then the credits will roll. It brings a tear to my eye just thinking about it. Oh, the Turbis fan theories that we've all come up with are absurd. All right, JG, John Gregory. Yeah, uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Uh, yeah, as far as Turbis, yeah, I think so. Ray will look at the pork. Someone will say, did you name him? She'll laugh and say his name is Turbis and grin. Oh, that would be oh. tremendous. <laughs> uh, I've always had this image of like her walking around the Falcon and she comes across the pork and just pats him on the head and is like, hi, hey, Turbis. Turbis. Yeah, and then walks off. Yeah. And we're like, ah! <laughs> we like, there's four of us or the three of us in the theater and we're literally like peeing our pants, melting down. And there's like Everyone's 250, like, 300 other people in the theater looking like these, like, get these people <laughs> out of here. Who are these crazy people? Security. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see. Who is this? Uh, this is Eric. Uh, Turbis, he will be on the Falcon still and be named in the novel and comics. Okay, that's fair. That's I like fair. That. that was reserved. Peter, Peter's been with us since the very beginning. You know, we were, he was, we were from our, um, our anniversary episode. He was the one that said that we were the first podcast he ever listened to. Oh, and, yeah. And so Stormtrooper Pete, um, yeah. he says, and I can only wish they make Turbis Cannon. I'd probably faint in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> but this one, I read this one at work. And I had to stop 
and get off the, the the call with the person that I was on and go ahead and take a break because I was laughing so hard I literally had tears oh, coming geez. out of my eyes and I hope I'm not building this up yeah, too you much. Probably are. This is from our buddy Carlos Candido and if you listen to Tumbling Saber, you know he comes up with some crazy stuff. So here's what he said. The, the question is will JJ Abrams hashtag make Turbis Cannon? <laughs> I can't even read it. If J.J. doesn't make Turbis Cannon, I will burn all my Star Wars memorabilia and DVDs and T-shirts. I will start a petition on Change.org to strike Episode 9 from existence. And I'll cry into a mason jar, collect the tears, and sell them on eBay to fund a new Episode 9. <laughs> what was that? Oh, I don't even think we're that. Thank like, you, Carlos. <laughs> we're not uh, even that passionate. That was oh, awesome. Lord, I'm totally off nice. script now. I don't even know where we're going after that. Oh, I guess uh, that will pretty much do it for the episode. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Anything else? Uh, Disney forgot to submit Solo a Star Wars Story to the Oscars on time. Yeah, for the the soundtrack. <laughs> and that is so much of a solo. That's thing. a very much. It's a solo like everything thing. with the Solo movie follows exactly what Solo would didn't be. make yeah. enough money. Didn't get there on time. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, was it like um, life imitates art or something yeah. like that? Yeah, exactly. So. Um, Andy Circus uh, said that he wished. Snoke survived in The Last Jedi. Yeah. I think there's I a lot of people that would agree with yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, obviously he would. He wants to play the role some more and get <laughs> more money, but... <laughs> yeah. uh, Solo, a Star Wars story is going to be coming to Netflix. Do you guys think it's going to make like an impact on fandom that more people are going to watch it and it's going to become a big, much more popular Yeah, thing? and Netflix. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, a lot of people... I've, I mean, I see posts and stuff of like new stuff coming out in on Netflix and people are like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited! I've never been able to watch this, you know. So I think with Solo, it should help with turn the fan base back. That's awesome. All right, well that is uh, pretty much it. We'll talk about next week's podcast poll of the week. And this week's uh, poll is: if you could only have one of these things happen in Episode Nine, which would you choose and why? We're going to have Force Ghost Luke, Raylo, the redemption of Ben Solo, ben or Dutch. the death. Of Kylo Ren. So vote on Twitter. Hmm. Uh, make sure that you um, consider supporting us on Patreon. Um, you've heard about how much we love our Patreon supporters and how much they love us. Obviously, they love Turbis a lot. <laughs> yeah. um, some of them are a little bit unhealthy with their love for Turbis um, right now. But um, absolutely, um, we love the interaction that we have with them, sort of the behind the scenes stuff that's going on. Um, $1 a month can make such a big difference uh, for this podcast. Um, that gets you access to all of our Patreon-only uh, content, um, and uh, we've got new stuff coming in January. Make sure that you consider the $10 a month Sticker of the Month Club uh, support level and the $50 Rogue Jedi t-shirt of the month. Our theme for uh, January is Hope, and those photos are going to be going out. Um, we've picked our, our, our design, and mm-hmm. so we'll have that up on Twitter in the next week, probably after Christmas is actually when I'm going to do that. Um, if you are an iTunes listener right uh, we please go on iTunes, give us a uh, five star review and a, uh, a, a excuse me a five star rating and a review. Uh, subscribe to us on whatever podcast service that you have. Anything else I'm missing? Mm. No, that's pretty okay. much it. Okay. Uh, anything else that we want to talk about, guys? May the force be with you. May the force be with you. May the force be with you always. He does it so much better than me. Yeah. This party's over. 
I like that Wookiee. Don't get technical with me. Join, please. 